Ladies and gentlemen, good day from London and welcome to the FNA talk, a technology update with FNAers and friends. My name is Adam Chabai and it is my pleasure to guide you through this series. At FNA Talks, we are drawing on the expertise and experience of key fintech, regtech, and subtech authorities to discuss the trends and developments defining the technology and the innovation landscapes. In today's episode, we will focus on what is most certainly one of the key themes of 2020, and we are going to discuss how to maintain resilience at a times of systemic disruptions. I'm very pleased to say that we are joined by a seasoned practitioner who is extremely well equipped to talk about this topic from the perspective of one of the world's largest and the most systemically important financial market infrastructures. John Hagen, Chief Operating Officer at CLS International. John, welcome and thank you for joining us at the FNA Talk. Adam, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. Good to be here. Thank you very much, John. I think it's fair to say that uh, 2020 will be remembered as the year of the COVID-19 crisis that has produced a series of unprecedented disruptions across markets, sectors, and jurisdictions. Uh, for the start of our conversation, John, would you like to share your views on how the COVID-19 crisis has impacted the landscape of the financial market infrastructures? Sure, H happy to, Adam. And look, this isn't, this isn't the first crisis that, um, that CLS has, uh, has experienced in its, in its lifetime. There's been a few along the way since we went live in, in 2002. Um, and like most of those uh, crises we've experienced, COVID-19 has really highlighted and elevated the mission-critical role that FMIs play uh, in ensuring safe harbour and continuity of service for the market. Crisis events like this pandemic typically create uh, significant market uncertainty. Uh, and the consequence of that is typically heightened operational risk and heightened credit risk. And if you think about you know, why FMIs were established, it was not only to provide a, uh, a standardized uh, central way of doing things, but it was also to create a resilient capability that could withstand these types of situations and allow the market that that FMI serves to continue. So in our case, um, if we think about the usage of FMIs, um, whilst we think of FMIs as not being terribly glamorous, uh, the functions that are necessary to the functioning of the financial markets, payments, custody, clearing, and settlement, they're really the things that the market relies on an FMI providing certainty and continuity for in such times. So we think of our service that we provide at CLS as reducing risk for users, credit and liquidity, but also offering operational efficiency. Simply put, financial markets could not operate smoothly without the key services that FMIs provide. Uh, and, and it really does underscore the value of centralized, mutually owned, highly resilient 
and secure utilities, of which CLS is just one amongst many in the global financial landscape. Uh, thank you very much, John. Uh, let us now spend a bit of time uh, focusing on the experience that you and your colleagues at CLS uh, have had in this regard. Uh, could you please share with us what were the implications of the COVID-related disruptions on uh, CLS's operations, and are there any areas uh, that have been affected in particular? Sure. Let me, uh, if I may, Adam, let me just first um, talk a little bit about what CLS does, just as a reminder to, to listeners. I know many will be familiar, but for those that aren't, so our primary role is to settle foreign exchange for the largest banks in the world on a payment versus payment basis. Through that PVP, we reduce settlement risk associated with the FX transactions that we process by ensuring that the final settlement of a payment instruction in one currency only occurs if and when settlement of the payment of the instruction for the other currency being exchanged is final. So through that way, we ensure and guarantee no loss of, uh, of principal associated with the trade. The funding required to settle those transactions is determined on a multilateral net basis. And the effect of that is to reduce the amount of liquidity required for settlement by approximately 96%. Uh, and with the benefit of our liquidity mechanism in-out swaps, we're able to reduce uh, that funding requirement even further to what on most days is 1% is or less of the total gross value. So significant liquidity efficiencies and savings delivered through that through that net in and in out swap process. Continuing to deliver this service through COVID-19 has been central to supporting the FX market in this time as it has in previous crisis events. So turning to uh, my area in particular, but also touching on our readiness as an organization for COVID-19, we were absolutely prepared for remote working uh, as part of both our dynamic working program and our business continuity plan. But like most, we hadn't foreseen the scale and duration our teams would be required to work from home during this pandemic. And that was really the differentiator here to any crisis we'd seen before. So to that end, we, were very, quickly made, we very quickly made considerable enhancements to our remote working capabilities across the organization whilst at the same time ensuring that we didn't compromise on our control environment. In the case of my division, operations, uh, we had not previously contemplated remote working for those running CLS settlement. And if I can just spend a moment on that, candidly, I, I've always felt remote access posed several challenges to production systems and services for my operations, and I've historically not been in favor of it. Uh, and I'll give you three, uh, three explanations of why. Firstly, from a security perspective, it's much easier to control things within your perimeter than it is outside. Secondly, one cannot replicate an operating center's full scope of capabilities in someone's home. It's just not practical. And thirdly, it makes the coordination of exception and crisis management much more challenging when you have a geographically dispersed workforce and no direct line of sight to them. So that was my position going into COVID-19. 
it's fair to say my perspective on that has, has softened and changed as we've lived through this. What we had to do immediately, like many, uh, was uh, enable that, um, that remote working for my team. And I'll, and I'll come to that uh, a little bit in a moment. But our immediate solution, like many in the industry, uh, had been to ensure resilience through geographical distribution of our operations teams across multiple locations. However, in this pandemic, and has, as has been proven, that model is not fit for purpose. So with the support of our technology and IT security colleagues, we quickly built and deployed CLS laptops for my operators, and that allowed them to access our production services remotely via a dedicated secure connection with appropriate security monitoring in place and no degradation in our end user controls. Many thanks, John, uh, for these extremely valuable and interesting insights. Uh, based on what you have just discussed, uh, could you please elaborate uh, in a bit more detail on the taxonomy of your COVID response and highlight what immediate steps have you and your team taken uh, to tackle the impact of this disruption? Sure. Um, so look, as an FMI, we're always very conscious of managing risk across all levels of the org. And we spend a good portion of our time thinking about you know, extreme but plausible scenarios that we might face, of which this has been um, the most extreme and probably we felt not so plausible, but has obviously become reality in the last few months for all of us. So um, we were more conservative in our approach when compared to immediate UK and US government guidance. And that's not us being critical uh, of the government. We were just better prepared given our mindset as a critical infrastructure to deal with it. So we quickly moved to having virtually everyone work remotely very early on. Uh, we evaluated our change and our run BAU book of work. And we did deprioritize a small number of discretional projects and some BAU activity, not because we didn't think we could cope, but more so that we could create some capacity to focus on responding to the challenges that the pandemic would present to our organization and our operational model. We created a COVID-19 crisis response group. Uh, this was designed to help manage the organization during the crisis. And we also established a comprehensive risk inventory of all actual and potential risks relating to COVID-19 against each of which we determined uh, a set of mitigating actions. Finally, uh, we established a comprehensive communication strategy and plan to ensure that we stayed in touch with all our staff um, on as regular basis as possible and that we developed a suite of tools and capabilities for helping staff maintain their mental uh, and physical well-being. And, and we've all heard lots of commentary about that. I think it's been one of the real differentiating attributes of this crisis uh, from anything we've experienced before is the impact that it's had for some more than others on our mental and physical well-being. Uh, and it's forced us to be much more attuned to that than we might ordinarily be. So um, all of this was supplemented by a, a regular cadence of communication to our clients and the broader market primarily, Adam, to provide certainty in our response and to give them assurance and comfort, as well as providing some insights into market activity during this time through our 
data analytics team. Uh, John, would you argue that fintech or uh, innovative technology in general has provided you and your colleagues with any useful tools or frameworks? Yeah, great, great question. Um, and look, innovation and innovative technology and disruptive technology has been on it's been on the agenda of the industry for quite some time. So it's a it's a it's a good question to ask. You know whether we've learned anything from it and whether it could play a role. In my view, I think it's probably it's probably a little early to evaluate the impact of innovative technology in what has been really uh, just a number of months operating in this in this new way. I think the more important questions for all of us are, you know, what role will technology play going forward as we adapt our ways of working uh, in response to, to COVID-19? Um, because I think that's what we're faced with now. What is what is the future of the workplace in a post-pandemic environment? So, you know, innovations such as blockchain and tokenization, amongst others, uh, have certainly raised the possibility of re-engineering uh, with respect to payments, clearing, custody, settlement. Um, and, you know, again, a lot of focus in the industry on that. And I'm sure this will continue to be the focus for the industry. But, but candidly, and, and I've seen this evidence time and time again, all of the most innovative technology in the world will be pretty meaningless if it isn't sufficiently resilient and secure to withstand a shock such as this pandemic. The recent environment for me um, has certainly reinforced the need for new technologies uh, to demonstrate at least the current level of resilience and ideally enhance it. Uh, before FMI boards and regulators permit the introduction of such technologies uh, for systemically critical services. Technological innovation has the most chance of success in my mind if offered within a highly regulated, resilient and secure environment like that of an FMI. And I personally think they're going to struggle to get traction without that uh, operating framework uh, around them. More generally, um, with respect to technology, I think everyone has experienced bandwidth and stability issues with respect to some of the audiovisual technologies out there, of which there are many, and more seem to have popped up in the last few months. These will definitely need to evolve and be much more robust if they are to effectively support communication and collaboration between what will effectively be predominantly a remote workforce. Um, one can imagine there'll be a demand for greater artificial intelligence to assist with situational analysis and response capabilities um, together with uh, greater levels of, uh, of automation. So look, I think, I think technology has always played a role and will always play a role um, to the extent that technology uh, it needs to innovate and adapt. Um, we will see there's a role for it, but I, I, I hold very strongly with the view that innovative technology will have more chance of success if it can withstand the sort of thing that this pandemic has created in terms of challenge to resilience, security, performance, availability, et cetera. And that for me is where the FMIs really come to the forefront. Many thanks for your response, John. Even though we could carry on and continue this conversation, this is unfortunately all we have time for today. So thank you very much for your time. 
you have provided us with some great insights into an extremely important and timely topic and equipped our listeners with a series of very useful practical takeaways. So thank you very much again for joining us at the FNA Talk. Adam, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I, I've really enjoyed speaking to you. I hope, I genuinely hope listeners have, uh, many of them will know a lot of this already, but I hope they've got some insights and perspective um, that will stimulate thoughts and ideas and, uh, and such within their own environment, both personally and professionally. So I hope, I hope they've found it useful. And again, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, it's our pleasure, John, and I'm sure uh, this will be very useful for our listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, many thanks to you for your attention. If you happen to have any questions or comments for John or I, please let us know on social media or write to us on adam at fna.fi. I very much look forward to reconnecting soon for another FNA talk. And in the meantime, have a good day, stay safe, and goodbye.